Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Geek Rant, episode 321. Can you keep a secret? Recorded April 1st, 2018, and brought to you by Element OP Productions. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Drive Time Radio for Geeks. I am your host, Mark, the Sultan of the Soapbox Cockerel. And joining me this week, as always, are your two stalwart co-hosts, Seth, the Gooey Kid Anderson, and Miles, the Aussie Janeer Wakeham. Hello, gentlemen. Hey, Mark, and welcome back, Opiites. I'm glad you're here. Hey, yeah, that's all I got. I got nothing to it this week. I'll, I'll follow you guys. You know, I would uh, make some comment about the fact that you have nothing this week, except that you have nothing every week. Just, yeah, I'm just going to call you on I'm, that. I'm phoning it in, people. <laughs> and I completely forgot to start a timer on this one, so I'm just going to try to do it manually in my head. Let's see what happens. It's never going to work. Uh, so... Let's talk about uh, movies. Uh, this whole show title, Can You Keep a Secret? The topic here is is movies, TV shows, books, things that we like, but we're a little embarrassed that we like. Um, and so that'll be interesting. But first, I want to tell you about a movie that I did like, and I'm not embarrassed to like it. In fact, I was very surprised to like it. Uh, I took the day off on Friday uh, just because, and uh, my the, the kids were in school. My wife had uh, the day off. It was Good Friday. She works for a Christian school. They have Good Friday off. So I got an impromptu day date with my wife, and so we decided to go see Ready Player One. I walked into this movie fully expecting to be disappointed because it was one of my favorite movies ever. Um, excuse me, one of my favorite books ever. One of the few books I've reread, uh, I believe it to be an absolute masterwork of of writing, and the movie couldn't possibly do anything but disappoint me, but I had to go see it anyway. And and I will say, I was not disappointed. I really enjoyed the movie. The movie was almost nothing like the book, and I think in this case, it was the absolute safest thing they could have done, because they knew they could only be disappointing. So they took the characters that we loved, they took the basic outline of the story, and just made a whole new uh, story designed for uh, the big screen. And I think it worked. Cool. I um, I saw it as well. I watched it on Wednesday night. But uh, unlike you, I have not read the book yet. And I I actually enjoyed it. You know, it it references it. You know, I mean, it's kind of maybe geared towards the teenage culture today but it references the games and stuff i grew up on and around and so it was just really cool getting to see those kind of play out on the big screen so i have it it made me want to read the book and i'm glad it's going to be kind of nothing like the movie right so then i i can probably enjoy them both that way i mean spoiler alert the the hero wins in the end um oh man so uh i think one of the reasons is ernest klein weaved so much of our childhood it was it was clearly written for and we talked about it at length on the show when i was reading the book uh it was clearly written for the 45 to 50 year old generation uh and so it referenced lots of stuff and i and i just know that when spielberg was trying to make this movie it's like the ip will never fly i'll never be able to get the rights to all this sort of stuff so spielberg has quite a bit of intellectual property on his own so there were a lot of his stuff that was in there there were references to movies he had done the the delorean from back to the future was in there uh uh, you know there was there was all that sort of stuff and so i think part of the cheat was we'll never actually get this book made into a movie so i'll just use my significant clout and make something similar that i own the rights to lots of stuff and so it kind of gets a little tedious in that regard because it's kind of a one note in terms of the pop culture but um i won't say anything more about it it's worth seeing uh, a lot of unknown actors which i appreciated um and uh, yeah it's good it's fun it's nice yeah i've heard the it. same thing from a lot of people that, you know i haven't seen it yet but i haven't even finished reading the book i did start it haven't finished it so i thought it's kind of I feel a little sacrilegious if I don't finish the book before I go see the movie, even though from what I hear, they're very yeah, different. You're totally safe. Portrayals. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, there's, there are one or two spoilers, uh, one being a particular character that is not what you think that character is, that that is ruined whether you read the book or see the movie. But almost everything else, all the challenges are different. All the puzzles are different. Uh, so uh, other than the character-based spoilers, and they uh, they modified a few characters. They simplified them for the movies. Uh, so there's a um, really there's just the one gut punch that you're going to be out if you see the book first or watch the movie first. Otherwise, you're safe. Cool. All right. Cool. I'm up for that. 
And then just one other thing I wanted to mention, I talked to before about the fact that I had gone to see The Greatest Showman. That could go be in, on my guilty movie list uh, because I, I, I really liked it, even though it's a total chick flick. It's a Broadway show on film. And, you know, I told you my kids were wearing me out with the soundtrack. It's everywhere. Well, guess what came out on on, pay, on uh, digital download this week? So guess what we watched already three times this weekend? Greatest Showman on Google Play. Um, <laughs> sometimes having access to stuff is not the best thing sorry (laughs) (laughs) pop culture can can be uh, a blessing and a curse right seth yeah so i was um i was just kind of flipping through the channels and waterboy was on so i love waterboy and it was kind of near the end but this is where i've got to say pop culture just freaking stop it you are so over the top now it's stupid so near the end of the movie, when the kicker goes to kick the ball and, you know, the Fonz tells him, visualize an attack. And he's like trying to think of something. And what he comes up with is a Ku Klux Klan guy. And so the football morphs into a the head of a Ku Klux Klan person. And then he's able to kick it far. And, you know, they do the field goal to win. Well, in the spoiler, this. Yeah, this movie's been out, what, 10 years? So, you know, but so they go to do that, and this time TBS or whatever station does it, the football all of a sudden disappears from the screen, and he kicks air, and then the football materializes as it flies through the air. And I was just like, it's not even a whole kkk guy you know it's just it's just the the hat you know the guy with the little sheet on his head and they edited it out of the movie how i mean that's dumber than you know cutting the fart scene uh soundtrack but leaving the visual in for blazing saddles so who are they worried about offending are they worried about offending klansman because that's the only person who could possibly be a klansman literally gets kicked his head kicked off of him and and how is that offensive to anybody but klansman who frankly deserve to be offended well no man you know come on mark maybe i was overreacting if somebody saw a klansman even if it was just their head, think of how traumatic that could be. <sighs> I, I mean, I, I just like how stupid is, I mean, I, I just, I wanted to find somebody aged 18 to 25 and just slap them just because of that. I was like, I don't care if you ever did this, but it's your age group and you deserve to be slapped. So that was just, that was just dumb. You know, stupid anyway and I'll get you know my soapbox now bad on tbs for caving i mean and, turner yeah, is it known, might not have been tbs okay. but it was Whatever, it, right. it was one of those type of shows one of those stations on satellite uh, we, we we can't live in a world where nobody ever gets offended it's just not possible get over it get over i'm it. really offended now good good <laughs> I, I win i've done my job for the day <laughs> Now, Miles, you're excited about something that I am super excited about as well, uh, and I kind of think I get to take credit for the fact that you're excited about it. Yeah, I think so. You actually kind of pushed me into this one, and I it worked. Um, second season of Legion is out this week, and I, you know what? I completely forgot about it. Uh, I was at the gym the other day. I look up on one of those screens while I'm on the treadmill, and up comes an ad for it. I'm like, oh, yes. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I've been buzzing about that apparently this week, I guess. Yes. Uh, uh, the the Roku splash screen shows upcoming things. That's how I knew about it. I turned on the Roku and it was like Legion uh, coming soon. Like, yeah, yes, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's the closest, closest thing these days I get to comic books. But I didn't see it as that. I saw it as a really cool, twisted, psycho thriller tale with superheroes yeah the real question is whether they can keep it up um you know toward uh, it was uh, what was it 10 episodes it was a short season mm-hmm. um and six or seven episodes in you're getting pretty weary and then the the payoff comes in and then it's great um and i don't know if they can keep up either the great or the weary for another seat. We'll just have to see it. How good are their writers? Uh, because it, it, the way they re- did that, when every episode stood out as a unique piece of art on its own, 
And that's got to be hard to do. And I'm, I'm excited to see if they can do it again. Excited to see if they can continue that storyline. But I also, this is totally not everybody's cup of tea. But enough that it's back for a second season on a major network. That's exciting to me. Yeah, and it left the last season ended on a cliff note, a cliffhanger. So right. uh, how this thing picks up from there, wow. I mean, but hey, they amazed me with most of last season, the first season anyway. So I, I, I'm sure it's going to be great. Yeah, we, we, I don't want to talk about too much because we might spoil it, but the, the final episode of season one removed one of the linchpins. The whole story is about this um, really powerful mutant who's also really tortured and and the whole process sort of comes to an end which was great for that one storyline and and offers great potential for another storyline but i I just don't know without that i I don't know how they can how they can continue and i'm I'm really trying to speak around this because i don't want to offend anybody um (laughs) i just don't know how they can continue without the, the the major story element that's gone away uh, but then again, they could explore the whole post-traumatic stress disorder thing. You know, that could be good. Oh, Seth, oh yeah. I'm so glad you're typing that in there because honestly, that should be your top one because um, you've been a fan of that for 25 years. And frankly, I'm ashamed of it <laughs> if you're not. Uh, so let's move on now to things that we're that we like, but we're kind of ashamed to admit uh, that we like. And, and that is uh, we're going to start with Seth. Ready? Go. All right. So. What originally got me thinking of this was the movie that I'm putting at the top of my list. It's a movie called Team America World Police. It's the guys who do South Park. And this is quite possibly the funniest movie I have ever seen in my life. Um, Also, one of the most vulgar movies, and there's a lot of language. So, I, you know, like, I'm a Christian, and it's one of those. It's like I'm kind of ashamed to tell people that I like this movie as a Christian. But it is just hilarious. There are so much in there that is funny. And a lot of the funny stuff isn't vulgar. But some, And, of course, some of the vulgar stuff isn't funny. But then there's some of the vulgar stuff that is very funny. And this is, it's just a super funny movie. You know, songs like uh, Freedom Isn't Free. It costs a buck oh five, if you're wondering. Um, <laughs> uh, there's a movie. There's a song called Pearl Harbor Sucks and I Love You. That's the love song of the film. Uh <laughs> there's the montage song you know whenever he's if you want to go from a beginner to a pro it's going to take a montage while he does the extended training um three types of people speech is hilarious and there's this one scene i mean this movie's been out for over 10 years where he is trying to get the girl the main character trying to get the girl whose fiance died at the beginning of the film and so he's like she's like I don't think I could love you unless you could promise you will never die. And then all of a sudden he gets stone faced says, I promise I will never die. And then maybe the most graphic sex scene ever, but especially the most graphic one involving puppets takes place on the screen. And that's kind of what makes the movie funny is it's played serious, but it's puppets. And that makes it funny uh, the absurdity of it. It is hilarious and you should watch it. Um, it's just a, it's a funny movie. So I'm just going to say, from this point on, be spoilers. Deal with it. Um, yeah, I mean, and, none of these things came out last year. Right. Well. Uh, and so I'm going to pick up where you left off in in the thing that I enjoyed, but among certain people, I'm ashamed that I enjoyed it. Uh, and that is something I've talked about here um, uh, a great deal, is Altered Carbon. You know, and I warned you that it's it's very adult in its nature. Uh, at its worst, it verges on softcore porn. At its best, it's beautiful art involving naked people. And so, when I'm sitting around uh, after church with my friends at lunch, and they say, "So, what have what what have you been watching?" Um, watched some reruns of Andy Griffith the other day. Um, it's really funny. Really, still holds up. Um, as much as I love this as a cinephile, as a lover of the medium, uh, I, it's, I can't talk about it among certain people. So Altered Carbon, absolutely loved it on Netflix. Can't talk about it among certain people. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's pretty cool though. I mean, that show is certainly one of, one of the best to, it was, I guess it came out in 2018, right? So we can call it a 2018 yes. release. That thing is pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's movie, uh, movie quality for every episode. Right, it's an 11-hour movie. It's outstanding. Yeah. It's, a, it's a wonderful story arc, beautiful, expensive visuals. 
um, but crazy adult. I mean, if you, uh, even a mature, you know, like 20 year old would be, I, I wouldn't take an immature 18 year old into this one. It's, it's serious, but yeah, really, really good stuff. Yeah. So Miles, what, what have you got that, uh, that you like, but you can't admit that you like? Uh, oh, I'm going to go back in time, way back to the seventies when uh, I was a kid. Um, and I don't know how on earth this happened and how I stumbled into this TV show, but I happened to watch a TV show back in, I guess it was 74, 75, uh, called Kolchak the Night Stalker. Have you guys seen this? No, I can't say that I have. Well, I've, I've seen of it, but I don't think I've ever seen it. All right. So it, it's the cheesiest 20 episodes of television probably ever made in terms of the worst special effects, but the acting and the direction and the storylines are unbelievable for its time. And it actually became the uh, series, which was the inspiration for the X-Files. Um, if Chris Carter constantly attributes um, his motivation to create that series from this particular series, um, it starred a guy by the name of Darren McGavin who passed away recently. And uh, I think, actually, I think he was in Waterboy. I might be wrong. I know he's in an Adam Sandler movie. Anyway, um, it's, it's sort of a horror theme, but from a journalist who has to uncover all these weird stories and kind of think X-Files with cheesy werewolves and vampires and stuff like that. But in its time, it was everything to me. So I still, I would probably have watched every episode 20 times by now. So just this last week, somebody, I think it was Facebook probably, um, posted a picture of the first ever on-screen battle between Hulk and Thor, and it was Lou Ferrigno's The Hulk um, and the cheesy Thor. And it's like, I couldn't even get through the two and a half minute fight scene i i couldn't make it happen but back in the day i remembered that and it was yeah. awesome and and i i showed my daughter i said you might recognize thor and of course it was postage stamp size video because it was so old and she didn't get it. i said it's the dad from good luck charlie the disney show that you used to watch when you were eight uh and this is what the great the mighty thor became a sitcom dad uh but yeah it was so terrible um and the visual effects if you could even call them that like you know there's this scene where thor pushes this really heavy piece of equipment and it's supposed to slide across the room really quickly illustrating his strength and yet you can see the six foot uh inclined ramp that they had put it on you could see the wheels on it there was obvious that it was not hard for a regular man to push but you're you're just supposed to suspend your disbelief of that in the 70s there was a lot more suspension of disbelief there had to be <laughs> there had to be I've, uh, the worst thing in the history of modern television or history of television would have to be an, uh, an episode of The Night Stalker in which a headless motorcycle rider is going around killing people. And literally, it's a guy on a motorbike with an oversized body sitting on top of him with no head. It's the most ridiculous piece of, of prop I've ever seen in my life. But it worked. <laughs> I, I have no idea why, but it worked. You know, a, lo a lot of it, though, has to do with the fact that you weren't used to it before and so you didn't know to look for that stuff and now you know we've just gotten so much more snobby yeah. in our consumption of media that it just doesn't impress us much anymore and we are recording on easter uh if if jesus christ were to raise from the dead today and step out of the empty tomb uh and and go on you know facebook live the first comment would be fake uh, that's just that's just the world we live in yeah so yeah. i'm gonna go with my next one uh it's one that i i love i love i truly enjoy it i bought the dvds i own it um in my collection but i have to i, I have to give up my now it, it, i'm just gonna preface this i gave up my man card a long time ago uh, I have four daughter, uh, four, uh, three daughters and, and a wife. I live with four women. I drive a minivan. I gave up my man card a long, a long time ago, which makes it easier for to say that one of my top ten favorite movies of all time is Legally Blonde. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Wow. I tell you what, you're a giver. I mean, it's an enjoyable movie. I wouldn't put it on my top anything list, um, but 
it's an enjoyable movie. The jokes work. It is funny. When you put aside the male bravado, actually the male bravado is what helps it work because you can watch her through the mindset of the male bravado and it just works. And this 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 chick who who it's a it's a story about female empowerment. It's a story about uh, not letting society tell you what you can and can't do. It's a story about the the things that money and privilege can buy. Wait, no, we're not supposed to mention that part. Um, but it's just funny. The jokes work on every level. But I think people don't give it the full credit because it's this cutesy this cutesy chick flick. But it's really really well written. The dialogue is witty and clever. Uh, the uh, the plot twist are truly unexpected the first time you watch it it's completely unbelievable there's you know it's a, a legal thing you know there's a there's a scene at the end again spoilers beware there's a scene at the end where they're trying to, to prove this woman uh woman's innocent she's uh, accused of having an affair with the pool boy the pool boy is obviously gay but how do you prove that in a court of law so they do the lawyer trick and say where were you on this here and he gives an answer and then what happened next and he gives this answer and your boyfriend's name is chuck um, uh, what? No, I meant my friend. My friend's name is Chuck. And then a gay guy stands up and says, you bitch, and s- steams out. Uh, it's hilarious if you just put aside your masculinity for just a little while and enjoy the movie. <laughs> no, I, I totally agree. It's, a, it's an enjoyable movie. Whenever it's on, a lot of times, it, and I see it, I end up on there because... <laughs> But Plus, you know, it's not, I don't set out to say when is Legally Blonde playing, but I was like, okay, I'll watch Legally Blonde. Plus... Um, you know, I'm blanking on the lead chick's Reese name. Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon is hot. Yeah. So, you know, Definitely. there's that. that. That's why you don't have to give up your man card to enjoy <laughs> watching the movie. Because she's hot enough that you can keep your man card and enjoy it. So, Well, this movie came out right after everyone was telling blonde jokes, if I remember. That was the time when they pitched this. Was at that, time. that was a thing. Right. And so this movie fit perfectly in social culture at that time. It's funny how it still works, though. Yeah, and I will uh, follow that up, Mark, with a female empowerment show of my own, Disney cartoon, Kim Possible. I'm oh, sorry. But <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I loved that show. I thought, you know, because you had Ron and you had Rufus and all of Kim's friends and Shigo and, uh, well, I can't remember the the main, Shigo was the main villain, but her quote unquote boss, I can't remember his name, but um it was just, it was, it just hit me right, and I enjoyed Kim Possible. It was, it was fun, um, and funny, and it was silly, and it was, it was very enjoyable. So it's that's one of those. You can't tell people you like this, but you know, luckily my niece was of the age where I could, you know, talk about it with her and stuff. So, um, Kim Possible. I know it well because my five-year-old daughter was a huge fan and it was the whole thing running through the house was all about Kim Possible and all these catchphrases from that show. And I just, oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) What's the stitch, I think? Yeah. There are a a very few of those uh, kid shows that my my children have made me endure that I could just, you know, uh, I could condescend to watch. But to say I enjoyed any of them is a real stretch, except for Phineas and Ferb. Cool people like Phineas and Ferb. It happens to be a cartoon show for kids, but I'm telling you, it is some of the best humor anywhere. Um, uh, watch it. It's it's now it's gone. It it, it ran its course, uh, and it's been replaced. The same uh, uh, group of people is now making a, a show called Milo Murphy. The title character is voiced by Weird Al Yankovic. Uh, so um, it is. It's a kid show, but it's not. So I put that in my ashamed to to watch list, but I'm really not. I'm actually pretty proud of the fact that I love Phineas and Ferb. But among a certain set of people, I get derided for enjoying a kid show. So I'm with you there, Seth. Uh, Kim Possible, not in particular, but Phineas and Ferb, and then now Milo Murphy. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, Miles, what's next on your list? Um, well, there, there was this TV series in the 90s uh, called Get a Life. I don't know if you guys ever watched it. It was on regular cable TV. Um, and I, I, I thought it was the most stupid thing ever, but I really liked the band R.E.M. and they did the um, theme song for it. So I thought, yeah, I'll watch this thing. And oh, yeah, this is ridiculously deadpan stupid. 
I mean, it, it, this makes Spinal Tap look intelligent. I mean, it's it's. Hey, hey, easy. It, no, no, I love that's Spinal how ground Tap. you're stepping. On. <laughs> I love that show. This, if you like that, you would love this. This is over the top, crazy slapstick, ridiculous level. Um, stars Chris Elliott. Uh, I don't know if he's ever really done anything after that. I'm sure he, he I know he did a lot of TV shows and stuff recently. He did Groundhog Day. <laughs> that yeah. was like the peak of his career. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this TV, if you can hunt this thing down, and I'm sure it's on Netflix or something, but um, it's ridiculously stupid. And you can't, you're either going to be offended by it, you're going to think it's absolutely beneath you to watch it, or you're going to love it. And I fill into the final category with this one. I saw this a few times. My brother actually enjoyed this show. So, uh, and I would, I watch it over at his house some. Aha. Very cool. All right. That's a new one on me. I can't, I can't say I uh, enjoyed that one at all. Seth, you've, you have to fall on your sword for, uh, I mean, Seth and I were roommates. Uh, well, actually, we never actually lived together. He just didn't leave. So he didn't pay rent, but he was just there all the time. Um, and he watched this show in like 1992. And we derided him for it then, and he's been a super fan of it for 25 years now. So, Seth, it's time to come clean and admit that you're a fan of the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. So, I I enjoyed it for the cheesiness. I reveled in the cheesiness of it. Um, the the later on series, like. I didn't realize it was still going on. At one point, I was like, what? They're still making those? <laughs> you know, and of course, they would change. But the original Power Rangers and the first movie that was uh, released to the theaters, I in, I loved. I loved them. They were, they were so enjoyable and so funny. Um, teenage kids who needed the show so they could pay for acting lessons so they could get a better acting job later on and just stupid over the top fight scenes bad dubbed uh writers um you know and of course i realized later on i didn't know it at the time but they were just taking the super sentai stuff from japan and dubbing um dubbing the japanese characters uh with new english dialogue and then just interspersing the american teens in and around the super sentai footage but i it was it was a cheese fest and i never it will never be greatest shows except possibly greatest amount of cheese ever to come through the uh television but it was great and it was it was just fun you could just watch it and just let your brain die you know some people did drugs to ruin their brain some people watch mighty morphin power rangers to ruin their brain so, so I, I, those of us of a certain age, Miles, you weren't in this country at this time, so you might not uh, uh, know what I'm talking about. But there was the the Croft Saturday morning shows. There was Electra Woman and Dinah Girl. There was Doctor Shrinker. Yep. Uh, the when I first saw Seth watching Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, my first thought was Sigmund the Sea Monster because the monsters there were that bad. They were obvious fake puppet kid show bad. And and I've you know I have been a fan of the thing that is so bad it's good. This one is just so bad it's bad and bad and there's no good to it. And Seth, I I hereby publicly ridicule you for admitting that you enjoy the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Enjoyed because like I say, the ones that came <laughs> later I couldn't watch those. I tried because I loved the first one so much, but I couldn't watch them. But the, I still if. The first that that first group for however many seasons they were on, I would still watch those. Like I wouldn't go, but if if they were doing a you know um, whatever a marathon of the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and I was flipping through the channels, I would probably stop and watch. So, um, but it got too stupid afterwards, yeah. and it was there's I notice a difference between cheese and stupidity. My cheese taste, I guess, are just more refined than yours, um, and it <laughs> went from for- cheese to stupid but i could i could enjoy the cheese so uh you know 
there in across all countries that uh, are putting on television shows and different countries t- start at a different time like the, the Britain for example is about 20 years behind the US India is about 60 years behind the US um, we sort of pioneered it and, and everybody goes through this uh, growing phase and you know the Daleks and, and Doctor Who um, you gotta admit that's really crappy television but it, it, it caught people in just the same way and so these J- Japanese things caught the Japanese audience in that way but when they tried to import it to America I was amazed at how effective it was it worked kids loved it um the trouble was it wasn't made for kids it was made for adults just a, a continent away and a generation before yeah but, all right miles what's next on your list um <clears throat> well uh do i admit it i like storage wars <laughs> nice. okay I, I mean it's stupid it's ridiculously stupid it's a series that's been going on too long like we're in season 11, but I just, there's just something in my DNA about treasure discovery and just finding something for next to no investment and then finding out what it is. And and I don't know this show. I still, to this day, will binge watch this show. I can't, (laughs) I don't understand why. Somebody tell me, I don't know why. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe for the same reason I watched Texas Flip and Move. Uh, I think oh, it's you, a, you you have a feeling of superiority because you're not the one doing it, right? <laughs> yeah, but Storage Wars is good production television, though. I, I I lost. I watched Storage Wars back in the first four or five seasons. Uh, what was the the jerk with always dressed in black and wore the sunglasses? And yep, uh, yeah, that guy. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you know, then there were allegations about it was all fake, and it was a big news. Of course, it was fake. Who didn't know this was all fake? Who didn't know this was all set up? You're the moron if you didn't know. I didn't know it was still going, Miles. Uh, oh yeah, this is news to me. Yeah, every Wednesday night, there's two new episodes every week. It's been like that for like 20 years. It feels that way anyway. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, so I'm going to go right there with you. This is a new show, but again, it's I can't explain why I like it. I just do. And that's the Big Family Cooking Showdown. It's on Netflix. It's a British uh, show. They bring British families together, moms and grandmas and sisters, and they have them cook challenges for people, and the judges tell them what what's best. That's the silliest premise ever, but it's actually a lot of fun. And maybe the reason I like it is that I can watch it with my girls. I do enjoy cooking. We, you know, as I mentioned earlier, we cook together often. Uh, so maybe that's why I like it. But in terms of production quality, in terms of storyline, it's it's terrible. But I love it. <laughs> well, those pro, uh, that I think that show, and look, I might be wrong on this one, but I actually think that show was originally an Australian show. Okay. Um, and I think the Brits took it. And then a version of this is what happens with reality TV. It moves around. But, uh, yeah, I I know the, and I can't even think of the name of the Australian one now. But, uh, yeah, it was like a competitive uh, families would compete with each other to who who could do the best meal. Is is it the same sort of? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, they're great. They're great because the thing about it is you can relate to it because, it's not something that wouldn't you, – you could be that family, right? right. Yeah. And that's the beauty about that, that model. But, yeah, very, very cheap to make, really <laughs> right. cheap to make. And that's the, that's the economic formula that works here. So, like, their set is a tent out in the middle of a field with a couple of ovens in it. And so they bring them in and they cook in the tent. Um, and, and a couple of the things actually happen in the home. And that's what I kind of like. It's, these are regular people in their, in their British kitchens. British kitchens are tiny. My refrigerator <laughs> is bigger than a British kitchen. And they cook these beautiful <laughs> meals. And they turn out this chef-quality food. And yeah, I mean, maybe that's it. Because you're just like, I could do this. This could be you. Yeah. All right. What's next? Uh, Seth is out. So, Miles, you, uh, you got another one or two left, right? Uh, I got one more. I got, right. um, okay. So, our, our neighbors to the north, Canada... Uh, produced a TV series again in the 90s, I think, called Kids in the Hole. And uh, it's comedy, sketch comedy, totally experimental. Um, But when these guys fell on something that worked, it was epic. And it kind of followed the Saturday Night Live principle a bit. You didn't quite know whether a sketch was going to work, but you're going to run with it anyway. Uh, Well, they did that with Big Budget. And it was, it's fantastic. And to this day, 
you know, I would say probably eight or nine out of ten of the sketches are uh, not quite, you know, they're funny but not quite. But when they hit one that worked, it was over-the-top hilarious. Um, so I, I still love that series, Kids in the Hall. Did you guys ever see that? Yes, love some kids in the hall. They had some. I remember the one skit where like the uh, police were eating uh, at a diner and they saw the these people who were on the run at a diner, and so they're like racing to get see who can finish, and the the crooks finish first and get out to their car, and the, the police finish and get chase them, and then they both pull up to the gas station because they need gas, and then you know the the and then the the robbers ended up getting away because the police couldn't quite catch them before they got across the border, and it was yeah the absurdity of that skit was hilarious. Yeah, these guys are. Uh, there's one thing that I must give the Canadians credit for. They have a a fantastically hilarious, twisted view of normal, everyday things that makes life just worth living. You know, it's brilliant. And this show just portrays it so well. But yeah, I, I remember that sketch. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not familiar, uh, but I, I know some of the people who came out of it. Uh, yeah, d- you know. Dave Foley from... Right. News Radio. News Radio, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, those sort of things, the, the groundling Saturday night live where you're, where you're willing to go live on something that may not work, that produces really good artists. If it doesn't always produce really good art. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. They were the spiritual successor to SCTV. That's right. And and so my, my final one is it's, it's actually a YouTube channel. Uh, trying to get the kids in here, and it's my kids have hooked me on this. It's the Holderness family. So this, it's this guy, um, last name is Holderness, um, who used to be a big time like news guy. He was he was the anchor man. He was Ron Burgundy, um, and he left that job to do YouTube videos. And the whole family's in it, and they write, they do parodies of songs, um, and just it's it's really funny, but it's very family friendly because it is a family. It's the the man and his wife and his kids. They all get involved, uh, and they produce a couple of videos a week, uh, and they're usually some musical pa- uh, parody of of something. And I'm trying, I can't, I've blanked on anything right now. Um, uh, there's one. What is that? What is that song? Um, but anyway, they they take make it's a it's a, a Thanksgiving song, and then it's Do you want some pumpkin pie? And and it's just it's ridiculous and and uh, fun. So yeah, Holderness H O L D E R N E S S family, uh, and it's it's kind of good in, in uh, not just in the content of it, but it's kind of nice to know that uh, it can be done. You can break away from the the everyday the 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 real job. And you can you can do this this crazy YouTube thing with your family, and it works. So there you go, holding this family. Uh, that's I'm I'm only mildly saying that I'm actually kind of plugging that one. But uh, uh, I'm surprised that among all of us, there was no not not only the one YouTube on that one. I would expect that to in the modern world. Uh, I would bet if we solicited this from our audience, which I'm doing right now, we'd get a lot more online only stuff. Uh, you know, we've established that we're old and out of touch. But, you know, the thing is, I don't know, back in the day, you had a very limited amount of entertainment to draw from, you know? And so it was like, you know, I've, I mean, when I was growing up, we had four channels and one of them was PBS. Um, and so it was like the TV had to be on because that was the, that was, you know, the God we all worshiped. So you just like, you would watch stuff now five minutes into a YouTube skit. Okay. I'm, I'm not ever going to watch this again. So. Yeah. It's true that I, I would say I spend 50% of my watching hours on YouTube and 50% on everything else. Um, and, but I like a lot of, you know, DIY and, you know, educational content and stuff like that. But yeah, there's also stupid stuff, but at the same time, uh, you know, I don't know. There's something attractive about YouTube. And I, and maybe if we had this conversation 10 years from now, it might be a whole different, whole different thing. But I don't know. The stuff that, to me, the stuff that's sort of etched in my mind as being, you know, the stuff that I like that are kind of, I mean, it comes back from many, many, many years ago where you grew up growing up on television, 
certain shows etch into your psyche and it's really hard to let go of them and they they define you to some degree it's true we are what we consume in both food and media so now seth what happened this week in history All right, Mark. Well, I wanted to let not only you, but our vast audience know that on March the 31st, 1880, Wabash, Indiana, became the first city in the world to supposedly completely uh, be illuminated by electric lighting. So Wabash used a new type of carbon arc light invented by Charles Brush in 1870. It consisted of four 3,000 candle power lamps that were suspended from the top of the courthouse and via some rough calculations based on formulas found to Google search, each each one of those lamps would be the equivalent of 40 to 45 60 watt bulbs. So, and they used two telegraph wires that ran from the lamps to the courthouse basement where they were connected to a threshing machine to provide power. And Mark, that happened this week in history. And now back to you. So not only did it light up the city, but would also electrify anything that came near it. Arc lamps are just what you think they are. It's electricity arcing between two electrodes. Three, wow, that was dangerous and stupid, but hey, we didn't know much better in 1880. Yeah, and so that's the first city uh, with complete electricity. And of course, the city probably wasn't that big. And if you've right. got the equivalent of 260-watt bulbs, that might can illuminate the whole town. Um, and so just over 100, well, wow, that's 140 years ago now yeah. that we've had electricity. So bring on Long- the interwebs. Yeah, long before Edison and and uh, General Electric were fighting over who was going to light up the world, you know, Wabash, Indiana, uh, was doing it. Yeah. All right, cool stuff. Now, moving on to Seth, what do you have to lower my productivity this week? And you you have labeled this one specifically. This one's for Mark. So you are actually aiming at me to lower my productivity, thus making you seem like a better hiring option. What do you got? I am, Mark. I'm calling you out on this, your birth month, to uh, you have mentioned many times how you are trying to learn Latin on the side. So if you go to latincrosswords.com, you can get a free uh, Latin crossword puzzle email list. So the clues are in Latin, and I would assume the answers would be in Latin, too. So latincrosswords.com for all of our Latin lovers out there. Uh, and I mean the language, not the people. So um, <laughs> anyway, Mark, dude, this could do it for you. You get caught up. Uh, I can't read any of the words on the stuff I've looked at. But if you want to learn Latin on the side, have some crossword puzzles to work. And And when I say that I'm trying to learn to read Latin... What I mean is, I intend to someday try to learn to read. I am, I am doing a very poor job of it, um, uh, but I do know a little bit of Latin, as in, um, I can, you know, some medical terms. I got nothing, honestly. But yeah, this is kind of cool. Um, I miss the days. I, I no miss them. I lament the loss of the days when every school child learned Latin. Because so many other languages are based on it, and mm-hmm. we've just decided to let that go because you know it, it's not in the core curriculum or whatever whatever the reasons are. The society society has moved on, uh, but we we particularly we Americans would be much more likely to be multilingual if we learned one of these root languages. Uh, you know, English is the the worst conglomeration of all the bad languages in the world combined to make the worst language in the world. It just happens to be the most powerful bad language in the world, too. Anyway, that was my little speech about Latin. I could not do any of these crosswords, even the, like, five-by-five five ones uh, at this point, but maybe someday. This is aspirational. Someday I'll, I'll look forward to this. Yeah, I was going to. I had come across... There's a radio station in Finland that did a news segment where they broadcast Finnish stories, but in Latin. And I wasn't going to link that here, but I found out they discontinued it back in 2017 or in December of last year. So I was like, oh, man. So, and I mean, that's how weird is that, that there's a station in Finland broadcasting uh, their current news in Latin. And so part of the difficulty was, you know, there's so many things now that didn't exist back then. So trying to come up with the Latin word to, for it. Um, anyway, cool stuff. So of course I love that latincrosswords.com has an Esperanto page so you can get Esperanto crosswords. <laughs> if you really just want to waste your time at nothing useful, I, I would say that reruns 
of um, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers have more value to them than an Esperanto crossword puzzle. Do you, do you guys speak a second language? Uh, I speak Spanish, uh, an American sign language. Okay. Yeah, I just, oh, we, English well, and sarcasm. <laughs> I learned French when I was in high school, and we were talking about um, getting out of Phoenix in summer, which, which you do, because it's already starting to get a bit hot here. And uh, one of the areas we were thinking about visiting was in the French countryside, like around Bordeaux, and just hanging out there. Only so I found out they don't speak any English down there. It's 100% French. Well, it's in France, right? You'd kind of expect it. But if you go to Paris, you can get away with English, and, and they don't give you too much of a problem with it. But apparently, you can't in the countryside. So I'm going to dust off my high school French books and... Try and remember half this stuff. This is going to be scary. That's sort of classic worlds colliding there. The the uh, the brash uh, American, in your case, Australia American, uh, uh, going in there and just expecting the natives to speak your language. That's <laughs> brash. Know. But at the same time, if you set yourself up as a tourist destination, that's what their entire industry or a large chunk of it is tourism, and yet you refuse to la- learn the language of any of the tourists, that's arrogant too. So it's like clashing, clashing national uh, arrogances there. Yeah. How dare they not know our language? I mean, come on. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, I bet you a dollar they know it. They just won't speak it. No, um, and you know what? When in Rome, right? I mean, it's up to right. me to adjust. The, the scary thing is that I know I have to adjust. So we'll we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I've definitely noticed that that's a Latin thing. Uh, uh, South Americans, Mexicans, uh, Spaniards to a less extent, will come to our country and refuse to speak our language. They know it. They understand it. They're conversant in it. They just refuse to do it. Um, and it's interesting the 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 power that language has uh, in the way that it's tied into a culture. And you know that part of France, France is all about holding onto their culture. And I bet they mm-hmm. they're afraid that if they learn English, they'll lose their own culture. Uh, yeah. You know, and they they have you know they heavily regulate wines and cheeses and and everything because they want to keep the Frenchness intact. Oh, totally. I mean, you know, I respect that because they've added so much to the world. I mean, that's it's great, and, and this is the beauty of everybody as multiculturalism. Everybody being able to, you know, be a participant. It's just really. I, I, I don't know why, but for some reason it scares me to go into a into a country and I don't speak one lick of the language, right? In in this case, I speak enough French to get into trouble, and yet I'm going to immerse myself in there. Look look out! I don't know what'll happen. I'll I'd say be interested. To the wrong person. <laughs> I'd be interested to see how much uh, help Google Translate is. You you know the syntax. You can speak the the words. You can form the sounds relatively well i would assume uh, mm-hmm. at least from you know uh, that's one of the first things they teach you in high school uh, is how to at least make the sounds so if google translate can give you rough grammar you might be able to do the rest yeah it's just that I, they speak so quickly yeah <laughs> that's the well problem. they should be able to speak into google that's the theory that's how google translate supposed to work they should be able to think speak into it and it translates and then you go back it, it makes a a five second conversation to the cabbie take about 45 seconds but you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I'm excited to hear you report back about that. Okay. <laughs> All right. This is the part of the show where I tell you how you can feed back to us. Tell us what you think uh, about languages, about movies. What are your guilty pleasures in terms of, of media? We didn't have any books here tonight. Uh, it was just uh, video uh, stuff. We didn't have any music. Um, you know, I, I bet Seth is is secretly a gangster rap uh, enthusiast and he just won't admit it uh so uh, <laughs> let us know what you think what's the thing that that uh, you're a little ashamed to admit that you like but you're also willing to come on the show and admit it among thousands of people uh, so let us know you can go to elementopi.com click the contact us button at the top of the page answer the world's hardest captcha fill out the form there and that sends a nicely formatted email that gets priority in my inbox i will read your emails before i read others that's how important you are to me. Or you can dial 559-IMOP and leave us a voicemail. Haven't had one of those in a while, and we'll play it on the show. Uh, we look forward to hearing what you have to say because, as we often said, this is listener-generated uh, uh, content. Um, we we come up here and we pontificate, but then we would like to have you come back to us and with suggestions, with ideas, uh, uh, with interesting people you'd like us to interview, uh, that sort of thing. So let us know what you think. 
and uh, we'll uh, look forward to hearing about that. Uh, now, Seth Miles, any words of wisdom? Any final words uh, to say to our audience before we say goodnight? Watch out! Sorry. <laughs> I was at, uh, the only thing I was going to add was that if any of the shows we've come up with that we've spoken about rings a bell to any of the listeners, I'd be so curious to know if anybody out there, when they heard, you know, somebody talk about something when, Oh yeah, I really like that too. I, I would love to hear that we're not alone out there in this crazy world of media. Yeah. Cause you know, misery loves company. We, we don't want to <laughs> feel ashamed alone. <laughs> yeah. That's so, it. The last thing I want to say to you is we encourage you not only to to feedback to us, but also to support us. And there are several ways that you can do that. Uh, not least among them is throwing money at us. Uh, I mentioned before that uh, on average, we make about a buck 50 an hour to do this show. Uh, we're not losing money. <laughs> but we're exactly we're not exactly throwing things away um today i haven't uh, mentioned it today is my birthday um and Aww. i was uh, i was talking uh, to my wife on, uh, tonight about doing the the, the podcast and she says you're gonna do a podcast on your birthday i said yeah i'm gonna do th- a thing i enjoy doing <laughs> on a day where i get to kind of pick what i want to do so yes i'm doing a show tonight um but i say that to say i enjoy this show and uh, instead of having uh you know a birthday party or whatever I, i'm I don't do that. Uh, I'm here with you because I enjoy it. But at the same time, I have expenses. I have stuff that needs to be done. I have, um, you know, and, and, uh, but more than that, just knowing that you like us, you know, uh, money is a good way to do that. So go to lmnop.com, uh, click the, uh, um, tip jar if you want to, uh, pitch in via, uh, uh, PayPal or, um, uh, Bitcoin. I'm still taking Bitcoin. I'm still holding on. Um, uh, or you can uh, uh, go to patreon.com slash element OP. And uh, that's that's the, my new favorite way uh, to, to get uh, money. Because uh, as I've said before, if I don't produce, uh, you don't pay. So I like that very much. It's a, it's a way to make sure that our uh, relationship stays professional and that you're not just buying me pretty things. <laughs> so that uh, i encourage you to do that but also uh you could uh, go and leave us a rating and review on whatever uh platform you prefer Andrew, uh itunes believe it or not is still the the sort of de facto de- uh, directory of podcasts so if you go to itunes that would be awesome leave us a rating leave us a review tell people about us uh but that's it we'll see you next week because that ends this episode of the geek rant remember pay for what you like people <laughs>